Welcome everyone. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, your three-legged stool, home inspections, and anything else that's rattling around in our brain. Welcome to today's episode. I'm going to warn you, we're going to get a little technical on today's conversation. And we're diving into service panels, electrical service panels in residential homes. And we're going to be very specific about that. But before we get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast, Ruben, Tessa, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. How about you? I'm excellent. I've got I've got no complaints. Even on a bad day, I have very few complaints. I mean, nobody's listening anyway. So <laughs> how about you, Ruben? I, I'm doing well. It feels like summer has finally popped here in Minnesota. Yeah. It's nice outside. It's the sun is shining. It's warm out. I'm taking golf lessons. I, I got friends and family who golf. My wife golfs. My kids both golf. I'm the like the only person I know who doesn't do it because I don't know how. And <laughs> I don't know how either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna leave you behind, Tessa. I am learning. I'm I signed up for golf lessons through like Parks and Rec or whatever, Three Rivers wow. District. And I'm taking five one hour lessons and I will know the basics of how to play golf at the end of this. How's your back feeling? Uh, you know, it hurts. I've got back pain. I had back surgery, you know, back seven years ago or whatever. Yeah. And it's not, it's not great, but I'm pretty active. So it's, it, I don't think it makes a big difference. It hurts when you swing. Is that what you're saying? Or is it, you just get sore afterwards? After I've been driving balls for an hour straight, it starts to hurt. Yeah. But you know, just a few swings here and there, it's nothing at all. Well, there's nothing quite so satisfying as teeing up a ball and hitting it straight and far with a nice little right to left draw on it. And I, uh, I would love to know what that feels like. Yeah, <laughs> maybe well, someday. If I have any advice for you, hit half as many balls in the time that you're normally hitting them, because people get they get going too quickly through. Let's get through these balls, and by the time they're done, they're form is just garbage because they're hustling to get through and not continuously focusing on the shot and the in the mm. muscle memory and all that other stuff so quality over quantity when it comes to practicing just the one man's humble opinion all right good tip thank you bill appreciate it you've Tessa, done you, you've done your share of golf uh, i i don't golf as much as i used to i i can hit the ball straight and relatively far but my short game is nothing to speak to anybody about and so i decided if i was going to go spend four to five hours of being frustrated i was going to learn to fish and i went hard at fishing and gave up golfing so transferred the resources of golf into fishing and i've never looked back and i'm happy i did excellent but i still like to hit a ball straight and far occasionally yeah it's it's kind of like uh going to a batting cage i've been doing that been trying to do that at least once a week because i'm on the softball league for my uh for my church this men's league and so i've been going to a batting cage regularly and man that is so satisfying every time <laughs> you just get a good piece of it you yeah. go to a batting cage that hits softballs yeah okay that's not a batting cage ruben it's not oh no. what is it that that is something with Napped over the top of uh, slow pitch softballs. Batting cages are balls coming at you a good, you know, 85 to 95 miles an hour where you got to put your head down and make a level swing and, and get through that. 
Well, it's the same facility. You just push a button and you say which one you want. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't count. All right. No. Man, I used to be able to hit those. And I recently went to one. I did like the 40 mile an hour one. And I think I hit one. Oh. <laughs> like wow. I used to be able to hit them when I was in Little League. But uh, can't do it anymore. Gosh, I haven't hit a softball since uh, high school. Did you play high school ball? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I played like when I was a little kid all through middle school, high school. But I mean, I, I think I quit sophomore year. But uh, it's been a really long time since I swung a bat. Okay. All right. I'm hearing a, a softball game in Tessa and Ruben's future, possibly at some sort of company outing and you I have think a so. ball contest or something. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Um, they will be doing it. Pictures to no. follow on the, on the website. I wouldn't argue if we had another ping pong competition, too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's because you took us all to school. That's why. No, no, your dad is really good at ping pong. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, he can. He's got game for sure. Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, we should we should probably get to the meat and potatoes. I mean, we could talk, you know, entertainment and recreation all all hour. If we, we could, wanted. we could. All right. Let, let, let's get to why. Why are we having this conversation, Ruben? And all right. Why Why is this coming up? Okay. So let's just let's just back up. So when we talk about an electrical panel, we're talking about your breaker box, people call it the or the load center, whatever you want to call this, the the overcurrent protection devices in your house. If you're a purist, you want to hear the technical <laughs> names for them. It, we did an inspection probably about a year ago at this town home, and we didn't see anything about the particular panel that was installed. It was it was a brand of panel called Challenger. And we didn't say anything about it because our official stance is that there's nothing wrong with these panels. But then earlier this year, another home inspector, not somebody from our company, but somebody else in Minnesota, inspected another townhome in the same development and said, oh, you've got this challenger panel. Well, these challenger panels are bad. They're a fire hazard. You need to replace it. You need to get an electrician out here. And the townhome association ended up getting involved in this saying, wait, we got bad panels. They're all challenger panels. And they ended up contacting the electrician and they said, well, can you replace all the panels? The electrician's like, yeah, sure. And then of course, this ends up being an assessment to all of the homeowners in the association. Oh. And our client ends up getting back to us mm -hmm. saying, hey, Structure Tech, you inspected my place just a year ago. You didn't tell me these panels are a fire hazard. What's your problem? Like you missed this. And our response was that, well, they're not a problem. We've known about these for a long time. I know that there's home inspector I don't know. I don't know. I want to say folklore. I'm not trying to put anybody down, but rumors, <laughs> rumors opinions, misinformation, maybe there's a lot of stuff on the internets that you can find that says that these are bad, but I haven't found anything credible saying they're bad. And so we don't say they're bad. I think these panels are just fine. And every electrical expert that I have talked to is in agreement there is no known issues with these panels. So we've never said anything bad about them, but we really got thrown under the bus because it, it looked as though we're just trying to cover our butts and we're making excuses for having missed something. But that's still our stance. These panels are just fine. And 
that that made me think I ought to get in front of this a little bit, probably do a blog, do a video, maybe we'll do a podcast and talk about electrical panels a little bit to talk about some of the panels that really are bad and some of the panels that aren't so bad that seem to get a bad reputation. People seem to kind of freak out about them and Challenger is just one of them. So I, Ruben, I think what you just said is going to be extremely controversial because I'm sure from, I mean, you know, before the podcast, I just, yeah, I was just doing some, some Googling, some research and every single article I was reading about challenger panels was saying the same thing, that they're bad panels and they should be replaced. So I didn't find anything that said that they should be, they're fine or, you know, there's nothing credible out there. Well, by the, by the time this podcast airs, there will be one blog post out there <laughs> saying that they are fine. And that will be my blog post defending these panels. And and it's, it's not that I'm saying they're good and mm-hmm. they're reliable and there's no problem with them. I'm saying there are no known problems. I'm saying that everything that's out there today is hearsay. It's, it's anecdotal evidence. I mean, you want ad- anecdotal evidence? They, they, Tessa, why don't you share some of the stuff that you found? Let's start with that. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, so, wait, wait. Can I jump in just a, just a quick second here? Because you guys please. are going right for the text. All right. Sorry. All right. I just want to put everybody's mind at ease. This is a conversation about service panels, but this is not a massive investment. This is not a huge expense to upgrade your service panel. It's maybe three grand now in the 2022 environment if you know if parts and pieces are really expensive compared to what they used to be in the last five years i've replaced two service panels and properties that we own my mother-in-law and my own service panel and my mother-in-law's was in the range of fourteen hundred dollars and ours was in the range of eighteen hundred dollars and that eighteen hundred dollars included doing some wiring in the basement which is why i was upgrading my service panel so we are not talking about a massive expense I just want to keep the perspective on this a little bit. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, yeah that's good point. Well, so some of the things that stuck out to me, and I know you've captured them, I think, in your upcoming blog. Should I just read some of these quotes that you've taken off of these different websites and sources online? Yeah, why don't you read some of them and let's discuss them one okay. at a time. Here's one. It says, since they're correlated with Zinsco, they had similar safety hazards to worry about. Okay, so they're correlated with Zinsco. There was there was some overlapping ownership. And I can't remember what company it was, but one company that owned Zinsco purchased Challenger or something like that. I think and it was GTE Zinsco. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, it's like, who cares? Just because a company made a bad product doesn't mean that everything the company makes is a bad product. I mean, mm-hmm. let's, let's just look at Ford. They made the Ford Pinto. <laughs> I, I think people have argued that that's one of the worst vehicles ever made. They used to explode and start on fire during low speed accidents. And so should we just say all Fords are bad? Never buy a mm-hmm. Ford vehicle because they're associated with the Pinto? That's ridiculous. No, no, that's not a good argument. I agree with you. I mean, and I think I even read too, someone was arguing that they were, so these panels, these challenger panels were made like in the eighties and nineties, right? For the most part. I, that sounds right. And I think I also read somewhere that 
someone made some argument or connection between FPE, Federal Pacific Electric and Challenger by saying the FPE got bought out. They went out of business. And so a lot of those engineers, workers, you know, assembly people went, were looking for employment and could have gone over to Zinsco. A specious argument at best. <laughs> Are these factories uh, even located like remotely close to one another? I mean, come on. I don't know. Okay, so here's another one. Although there are no records of Challenger e-panels on fire, their overheating can be potentially harmful for the user or worse if neglected. Okay, how do you neglect your electrical panel? I would like someone to explain that to me <laughs> versus taking good care of your electrical panel. I don't do any type of maintenance on my electrical panel. That's Tessa, help point. me out. You know, I, the only argument I could make to that one is like, I guess we are supposed to turn breakers on and off on a regular basis to make sure the mechanism doesn't doesn't jam I, doesn't jam or something. But I does anyone ever do that? I mean, I've never done that. I've never on a monthly basis gone down and turned every breaker off and back on again. I, I don't recommend it because I have a service panel in my garage uh, at the cabin, and my switch is broken, so I use the breaker to turn the lights on and off once a weekend and uh or however often we're up there and now the breaker's not working it's i've got to like shake the hell out of it to get it to work again so probably not, not totally yeah. safe yeah well uh, yeah eventually i'll get around to fixing it but you know i'm i'm probably gonna misquote something here but i remember when i was taking electrical inspections back in 2004 i'm sure there was something about how it's okay to actually use a, a breaker as a switch as long as it's rated to be used as a switch. Hmm. So how do you how do you understand or know or ascertain if it's rated to be used as my a guess is there's probably gonna be a little SW on the front of the breaker, but I, I was not prepared for this. So I have not done my research before talking about this. And I last took that class 18 years ago. So Wait, I'm a little rusty remember? on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised, Ruben. You remember everything. Okay. Well, I wanted to go back, though, to this this comment um, talking about overheating and, and causing fires because a lot of what I, what I was kind of reading about online was that these panels tend to – basically, the, the breakers uh, fail to trip. And that leads to, you know, overheating, which can lead to obviously a fire in the panel. And a lot of these panels, people were saying, have issues with, you know, signs of overheating bus bars and breakers that are not tripping like they should. But really, I mean, is there any evidence out there? Have, has there been a lot of testing done on these on these Challenger panels that that is um, that's a fact? I mean, I know there's a lot of evidence out there for FPE panels. Yeah. Where is this coming from? For Challenger, I don't know of anything. The only thing I've ever seen in in a handful of websites, blogs, etc., is pictures of scorched bus bars and, yeah. and signs that there's been overheating in the panel. But we've got that for every brand. And I shared that in my blog post. I've got pictures of GE panels, of Square D, of Cutler Hammer, of ITE panels all the big ones out there today, I've got pictures of scorched bus bars in every panel that you can think of. This mm -hmm. doesn't mean that all these panels need to be replaced because I've got some anecdotal evidence of them overheating. This can happen in any panel. Well, why is that evidence of overheating anyway? Right? Like, have you ever taken your jumper cables and accidentally hit your hit something with them, like the side of your battery when you weren't expecting and how hot that thing got, how quickly? It's not like it overheated. It just made 
like momentary contact when it wasn't a good idea. And so how can you say this bus bar overheated just because you see this one thing? Yeah, right? you, you don't know. But I, I will say anytime we see signs of scorching in a panel at the bus bar or whatever, we're calling an electrician to come in and check it out. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think I did read too that Challenger did have two types of breakers recalled. I think it was like in 88. I think I, think I read from February of 88 to April of 88, there was a, a breaker that was recalled by Consumer Product Safety Commission. And it was like just a 1520 single pole breaker that was manufactured by Challenger and then a GFCI breaker that was manufactured by them. And, and so, I mean, there could very well be a few bad breakers that are still installed in these challenger panels like from the 80s or 90s that are not performing the way that they should which could lead to these problems but there's been tons of recalls on breakers it's not just challenger it, yes. it's any i mean it's any any manufacturer right yes yes you, you hit the nail on the head tess Okay. Well, thanks for helping me understand that a little bit better. Here's another quote that you pulled from a resource online that you've got in your blog. It says, let's not forget as well the fact that this electrical panel brand is more than 30 years old and they don't reproduce the product anymore. As a result, you have a house supported by a load center on the brink of extinction. <laughs> I, come on. I, that, we've got hundreds of thousands of panels that are over 30 years old throughout the Twin Cities. So are we to say that all of these panels are on the brink of extinction and just call out every panel that's over 30 years old? I, that would be insane. No, that's not a valid argument. Now, I will say, though, haven't we talked to a lot of electricians and we've even had some teach at our local ASHI chapter here tell us that kind of there is a like a recommended age for replacement for all electrical panels? Eh, I, I wouldn't say a recommended age for replacement. I mean, somewhere around the 40-year mark, people start to raise some eyebrows and start to say, well, it's pretty dated equipment, but we sure don't make a habit of recommending replacement of panels that are over 40 years old during our home inspections. I mean, yeah. the, the, the biggest reason I, I can see why you might want to upgrade an outdated panel is because you can't get replacement parts for it and you want to do work on your house mm -hmm. and you can't get replacement parts or you can't get parts that have modern safety features like arc fault protection breakers. Mm -hmm. I mean that I, I I can I can understand that, but it doesn't mean that your panel is unsafe. It just means it's old. Do you think that, you know, things wear out over time? And, and if so, like personally, what would you say to someone who's got a, a panel that's like 50 years old? Would you say it's a probably a good idea to have it replaced? I probably wouldn't. You wouldn't no, even that's say a, that? That's a major depends answer right there. I mean, you can't <laughs> yes. oh, I, I, I mm -hmm. blew my chances there. Hold on, Tess. Ask me again. <laughs> I can say it depends to you. <laughs> what are they going to be doing in this house? What future changes might ha be happening, so on and so forth? What does that panel look like? Is it in a basement that's like 110% humidity, mm -hmm. nine months out of the year, and it's rusted and corroded inside the panel? I mean, there's every situation is going to be different. I personally upgraded mine because I had a panel that was out of room and I had a sub panel that was out of room. Right. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you tap yourself out and the only option or the best option is to just get a bigger panel and replace the old stuff and go with it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to save this for later in the conversation, but I think there are some things that are just old and they should go because these are metal components 
that trip back and forth and rust can affect things. And I don't know. I mean, there's some panels out there that look pretty sketchy. All mechanical things fail at some point. Yeah. And uh, to your question, Tess, I'm assuming that this is all pristine and it's in good shape and it doesn't look like there's been any damage or mm -hmm. hack wiring done and it, it just all looks good and clean. That's what those have you seen over here? <laughs> yeah. We we see them. We do see them. But I think it's good just to let our listeners know that just because a panel is 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old, we're not saying, hey, this thing needs to be replaced because it's old. There's a lot of variables that we look at to determine whether or not we think it should be upgraded or repaired or replaced. Correct. Correct. But the older it gets, the greater the chances that you do have a problem with it. No yeah. question about that. Yeah, that's helpful. Clarification. Okay, so here's another one. Bad news always comes with outdated breaker panels. Well, I guess that ties in with what we just talked about, huh? Uh, although I, I, you can't say always. It doesn't always come with outdated sure. breaker panels. It's more likely to happen with outdated breaker panels. Go, mm -hmm. Sorry, I cut you off. What else? Okay, well, this next one, actually, I was reading this article online too, separate from your blog, but this one kind of cracked me up. It says, if you're at home relaxing, don't be surprised if sparks come out of your basement while you reheat your food in the microwave oven. Talking about Challenger <laughs> what? Panel. What? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Stop it. I think this actually came from one of the like the first articles that popped up when I Googled it too, I read this. I just thought, huh. These are scare tactics. Yeah. Come on, sparks coming out of your basement when you turn that's, on your microwave oven. That's okay. intense. I'm gonna say if that happens, I don't care what panel I have, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so here's another one. A rotting breaker panel is not recommended for new appliances, especially if its main breaker cannot support the appliance upgrade you did in your house. And I, what you say is, I've never seen a rotted breaker. What is that? What? Yeah, I was going to ask you what a rotting breaker I, panel is. They stink. They stink like <laughs> I don't know. rotting flesh. I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. A rotting breaker panel is surely not a good thing. And, and you don't want to connect new appliances to a rotting breaker panel. But this applies to any panel. I don't know what this has to do with Challenger. This sounds yeah. more like they're saying... Somebody just keeps adding more and more to this panel and it's overloaded and that's a bad thing. Well, of course that's a bad thing. For any right. panel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. On the flip side, they're not up to UL safety codes because one, it is an old model and two, fire risks are high if kept in use. Thus, they're not safe. That That's called circular reasoning. That, that we, we've got a... Uh, a logic flaw there, Tess. I mean, we're saying they're bad because they're not safe because they're a fire risk. So they're bad. Like, stop it. Where, where are we going with this? They met the UL safety codes at the time that they were made. Are, are we saying that every time the UL safety standards change, everything previous to that is bad now? I mean, that, that's what this is saying. Yeah. Well, if you take yeah. it to the next level, it's bad and it needs a replace. And that's an undue burden to put on a homeowner or anybody. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if we were, if we were inspecting a house built in 1950, I mean, and we were holding it to today's current safety standards and codes, I mean, nothing would quote unquote pass in that house. Yeah. yeah. And we're not, that's not the purpose of our inspection. It's not to say the house passes or fails. We're looking for safety problems, defects you know, maintenance issues. And so, yeah, just because it's 
just because it was built to a, an older standard doesn't inherently mean that it's it's bad. That's right. That's right. Okay, here's here's another one. Don't be complacent and wait for your home inspectors to see that you're still using an old load center. Breaker boxes being outdated need an immediate replacement. They know that a challenger is a forbidden breaker box at this age, so they'll report this as a violation of the electric code too. Ooh. Forbidden, such such strong language. This one must have been written by a home inspector, huh? Or <laughs> I I hope not. I mean, no, forbidden. They're not forbidden, and your home inspector is gonna what require replacement? We don't require replacement of anything. We'll make recommendations, but that's it. And when was Challenger panel in a violation of electric code? I I'm not aware that they ever were. Again, I, I don't even know what that even means. panels like we'll talk about the FPE panel. That's not in violation of electric code. It's a violation of the human code. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one. In truth, it is one of the outlawed electrical services in the market with existing reports of overheating issues. End quote. Outlawed. That's just that's patently false. They are not outlawed. It, all of the stuff you're reading, Tess, this is just inflammatory language. It is over the top. And I, I think when you get a lot of maybe newer home inspectors, they see a panel that they've never seen before. You go to the internet, you Google it, you type it in. Well, I've never heard of Challenger. I'm going to do a little Googling. And this is what you read. And maybe if you don't take the time to really digest what all of this means what they're really saying you just say well there's a lot of bad press out there about these panels i better call it out to be safe and mm -hmm. that's I, I think that that's all that's going on here is it's bad press creating bad press and then you get people reading about this and then they regurgitate it and it gets repeated over and over again and it's all anecdotal now, one thing i did read was that there might be a problem with some insurance companies covering houses that have challenger panels do you is is that a, a real concern? That that's that is a potential concern. Insurance companies can have problems with a lot of stuff. I've heard that it's just in Florida. I mean, maybe there's other places, but that's that's the one credible thing I've heard is that Florida insurance companies don't like challenger panels. But as we've learned, when it comes to insurance companies, I, I think most of them aren't even going to ask what brand of panel you have. I have never had an insurance company ask me about that. They ask the service size, perhaps. They mm -hmm. might ask if you've got fuses or breakers. Fuse. But, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, maybe the type of wiring you have. But I've never answered the question, what brand of panel I have. So it's not a great argument if you ask me. Can we go back to that bad things happen with, with old panels quote? You watch the the TV fix-it shows where they're like doing the house remodel and there's inevitably in every episode, there's some moment when the designer or the contractor needs to sit the homeowner down and have the conversation about, oh my God, we lifted this thing and we found that thing and this means this thing, it's gotta be into that thing. So some of these old panels are going to generate those types of conversations. Okay. And one one example of that would be something, Ruben, you haven't talked about yet, but I know you're probably going to. The the Bulldog Pushmatic, which this service panel that's got these funky breakers and nothing of a new variety works in them. And mm -hmm. so you would have to, if you needed arc fault or GFCI or something like that in the panel, you would have to install a sub panel, which you start talking about a sub panel. Well, you're going to add a thousand bucks or probably more to the conversation. You know, like that's one of those hidden, hidden expenses that people don't know about or think about. 
And so old usually means you're going to have to do some more work to make it good enough to pass inspection at, yeah. at a certain level. So yeah, maybe that's right. what you're referring to. No, you're right, Bill. Uh, the bulldog panels, pushmatic panels, they are old. They're outdated. Like you said, you can't get replacement parts or maybe you can, but you're not going to get them at your local home improvement store. And you're certainly not going to get arc fault breakers that fit in those panels. So if you're doing work, it can turn into a big hassle. But there's nothing wrong with those breakers themselves. There's, there's no history of them failing to trip. I just want to be clear about that. So we don't call those out as a problem either. We might say you got an old outdated panel. That's about it. Are they from the 50s and 60s, roughly? 50s up to the 80s. 50s to 80s. Yeah, I, mean, I think the last Pushmatics were built in the early 80s. So one thing that can happen, though, I, I know we've talked about this, is the breakers becoming like stiff and difficult to like reset, right? And I mean, you think about it, though, you could be dealing with a breaker that's 70 years old. It's not Fair shocking enough. that, no pun intended, that it would have uh -huh. problems. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that thing's, it's been a good soldier in your basement. Do the, do the thing a service and set it free. Let it go protect some <laughs> other structure, like a shed or something, you know? <laughs> I think for too many people, they get too hung up on being right and kind of, sure, you can have this very technical and conversation that sounds like a doomsday affair, but it's not a big deal. You can fix it. There's electricians. That's their bread and butter, replacing panels. If you ask an electrician, they'd probably love to do it every single day, all day long. And the other thing I want to say is just like we sit here with our world-class opinions, Every single person walking around has their own opinion about what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And because one electrician showed up and said this, or one home inspector showed up and said that, before I get too wigged out about it, I'd probably ask for another opinion of a trusted source and, and just validate or corroborate this this comment or this evidence and move forward in a, you know, in a methodical way versus just, oh my God. You didn't tell me about this panel and now I'm out 1500 bucks. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I will say there's, there are some bad panels where we oh, call okay. them out every time and say, Hey, you should just have this replaced. Yeah. We'll run through the list of garbage and, and why, and then maybe we can kind of well, have a better understanding of where people, these are true concerns. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most infamous one is federal Pacific electric stab lock panels. And those are these breakers where they would fail to trip under overload conditions. You get too much current going through it, like a dead short or something, and they just simply don't trip. And then what happens? The wires start on fire. I, we had Douglas Hansen on. He shared an awesome story about a house yes. he was at where it, the, the breaker tripped, another breaker tripped, and then the main, or no, all of the breakers of the circuit, the dryer circuit, the circuit breaker at the panel and the main circuit breaker all failed the trip and the overhead wires were whipping back and forth because <laughs> there was so much current going through there. So Federal Pacific, we always call out for replacement of those, right? Yeah. It's amazing how many are still around. I can take you to a 30-story building that's full of people, 230 condos, and I bet you 180 of them still have their Federal Pacific panels in them. Yep. And, and that is all over the countryside with these early 80s buildings. There are a lot of Federal Pacific parts and pieces used. Okay. Which other ones are bad and why? 
Okay, so a couple other bad panels that we rec recommend replacement on are Zinsco or Sylvania panels. And for those panels, they can have problems with the bus bars and expansion and contraction, and which can lead to fires and uh, overheating and all sorts of problems. So those two panels are just an automatic recommendation for replacement when we come across those. Yeah. You can spot them from six blocks away. Because why? I mean, they look so unusual, right? Yeah, they have a different look to them. And the breakers are usually thinner. And you'll see different colored breakers, too, like a light blue, a light green, even red. Pink, red? Yeah. 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 They, they experiment with some different pastel different. colors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they don't just like look those panels good. either. Not good panels. So there it is. I mean, you've got FPE, you've got the Sylvania, you've got the Zinsco. The Sylvanias and Zinscos that are bad look the same. They've got that center bar with the goofy looking breakers on it. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and and there's another one out there, S similar design, similar bus bars, magnet trip, not nearly as common, but there's a handful of those out there. I've got a few pictures of magnet trip panels too. Basically the same thing as a Zinsco or Sylvania, older, older model. You know, Ruben, why don't you just explain the hazard of taking the panel off or panel cover on those center stacks, bars and breakers? Well, a big concern with these is that they would get loose from that bus bar. They, they had this design where they could slide up and down on the bus bar. And over time where they get hot and they get cool, it, at some point the jaws stop working and stop holding it in place. And you got the potential for the breakers to just slide down right out of place and fall out of the panel when you take the panel cover off. It's, it's just the cover that's holding everything in place. And for that reason, we just don't remove the panel covers on those. Now, if it's, if it's a house where we suspect aluminum wiring, we're going to go to a bunch of other areas and we're going to look really hard for signs of aluminum wiring. That's probably the one big thing we'd be concerned about inside the panel. But mm -hmm. because of these problems, we do not remove panel covers on those. And that's simply because those dates overlap when aluminum wiring and that panel was in service. There's, there's just that potential. Yeah, mid-60s like, to mid-70s. Has that ever happened to you, Ruben? Have you ever had no. breakers fall out on you? No, thank goodness I haven't. Or if I did, you blocked I probably it out? shouldn't say this. Oh. I blocked it out because I took the breaker and I put it back in the panel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I will never admit to that. I, before, I've never done that. Wow. That's scary. That's really, that's the last thing you want to have happen when you're inspecting a house is you remove the panel cover and the breakers fall, fall out on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because then what do you do? You're standing there like a dope, like, oh, it fell apart when I took the screws out and I don't know how to put it back together. It's like, you couldn't look any more incompetent if something like that happens. And it's not because of anything you did, but good luck explaining that to anybody. Exactly from what you did. You took the panel cover off. This is a case of an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. Just don't do it. Yeah. I know we'll get pushback on that. We have people saying, well, but then how are you going to know if blah, 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 you got aluminum wiring? Well, like I just said, we look other places. Mm -hmm. Well, they're and welcome to come over and do it and take on the responsibility anytime they want to. Yeah. Any other concerns that might be going on inside the panel, like, you know, an undersized wire, double tap breaker or something like that. I think the fact that the panel is an FPE panel overrides any of those little things or yeah, is in school or something. They put the new panel in. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That settles it. Challenger panels are just fine, according to Ruben. Uh, and, you know, and we may change our tune. Next week, I might read some report with some really damning evidence that says that these really are bad. And if so, we'll let people know about it. We'll start calling those out. But as of today, 
all I've ever seen is anecdotal evidence, never seen anything to justify us calling for replacement of these panels. Yeah. And like anything you get off the internet, verify it, see who's saying it, see what their connection is to some other company. And I mean, why would somebody get up today and decide that I'm going to go just take down Challenger? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, and again, it's, it's one of those problems that I would say is not a, a deal breaker under any circumstance. Yeah. It's just a matter of who's going to foot the, the bill and pretty low test stuff. It's a good conversation and we can, we can get all technical and geeky about it, but it's not something I'm worried about. We've tackled all the tough subjects today and that was fun. I, I, I like that conversation. All right. So by the time this comes out, Ruben will already have the blog up. So any technical references that we mentioned that you want to go refer to, they are in print on the Structure Tech blog. And we will not forget to say this every single show. Ruben, where do people send questions, comments, or other correspondence? Yes, please email us, podcast at structuretech.com. Outstanding. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech.com.